0: Stood up and preach the gospel, and I read where 3,000 folks were saved. Amen. So we can just give God a great big old clap offering. When it's got to do with technology, I can not touch nothing. I can be reading something on my phone and lay it down, because I'm scared to death it'll be gone, and all of a sudden that screen will go crazy. And I look up and say, God of heaven, I didn't touch nothing! It just leaves. That's the way these mics feel today. I I just let Marissa fix it. I just laid it down over there and said, I'm not picking it up. Anyway, boy, I've had an overwhelming week, and I know this campus maybe didn't experience as much as the Telequal campus, but two deaths this week, which means another overwhelming week, two funerals this next week. And it was waning week, so 250 head of calves got pulled off cows. And that's a little bit different in my life because out of the 250 calves that get pulled, if that's just a commercial guy, they just pull them, stick them in a wing pin. But every one of mine have to go through and have tattoos put in each ear to have a permanent ID. Very overwhelming. Is what my week has been, but I'm going to tell you there's always there's always somebody worse. You know how I know? Because coming in way after dark, leaving those to go visit those families. I come in last night and I didn't know what had happened in the college uh, conference championships, but I come in overwhelmed. I got to preach in the morning and I'm I'm trying to think about these families and these funerals and. And these calves out here bawling, and, and did we get the right tattoos in their ear, yada, yada, yada. And I flip on the TV, and I see what's happening in college football, and I thought, man, somebody's always got it worse. I'm feeling overwhelmed, but how would you like to be on the college football playoff committee? I mean, if you're a football fan, you realize they've got a mess on their hands. Amen. And James, I come in dressed in purple and him being a TCU horn frog fan, he was so proud of my apparel. A a few weeks ago I noticed a lot of bright orange in here. I'm not noticing much today. That's why this preacher always preaches if your if your football team's where your hope is, your hope's gonna get ripped from you. Ask a Georgia Bulldog today. Undoubtedly, to me, one of the best teams in the nation and maybe left outside looking in. I don't know. Glad I ain't preaching on football. So somebody's always more overwhelmed than you, no matter how overwhelmed you are, I just thank God and went to studying the Word when I thought, thank God I'm not on the football committee. They're going to have to try to figure out who belongs in there. And thank God I'm not on that because they're going to make somebody mad. And I'll make somebody mad today because that's just what the Word of God does. Amen? So this morning, I want to preach to you on the promises of God. Now, how many promises does God make to man? You can Google it. You can ask Siri if that's what you call her. You can ask Shirley, because that's what I call her. But let me tell you, when you try to find out how many promises God has made to man in His Word? It's pretty broad. The lowest number I found was 3,000. That seems to me like somewhat of a pessimistic answer. Only 3,000 promises? Come on, there's 2,000 years here, and, and, or 4,000 years in the writing of the Bible. There's 66 books. Surely there's more than 3,000 promises. That seemed like kind of a pessimistic number. But then the highest I found, Miss Bonnie, was 30,000 promises. But that's a little bit unreal and too optimistic if you ask me. And some of you are saying, you putting God in a box? No, there's just 31,173 verses. I think it's a little too optimistic to say almost every one of them is a promise. So if you was to ask people in my family, in my circle, that's the ones that really, really know you. Now, does Rob lean more to the pessimistic side or does Rob lean more to the optimistic side? My family and in my circle would say, let me tell you what Rob is. He's not a pessimistic guy. He's not necessarily a optimistic guy. If you was in my circle, I think more people that's in my circle call me a realistic guy. See, I just believe the saying is, don't ever get too high, don't ever get too low, because it is what it is. And so when I begin to study, okay, here's a pessimistic answer, here's an optimistic answer. God, I'd really like to get close, and I'm just a realistic guy. And I come up with 7,487 promises that's made in the Scriptures from God to man. Now, if you go study it out, you might find 8,110 promises. But listen, I said promises from God to man. If you find the 8,000 plus promises, I think you'll have to include not only the promises from God to man, you'll have to include promises from man to man. You'll have to include promises from God the Father to God the Son, promises made inside the triune Godhead. And if you come with 8,000 plus promises, you'll also have to include some promises made to Satan and from Satan. So I want you to know, if you go find over 8,000 promises, you do the studying. They won't all be promises from God to man. But if you come around that 7,000 number, 487, I think you'll find that more of them are just flat the promises that's made from God to man. That's from God to us. Everybody got that? So if that be the case, 7,487 promises from God to man. You know what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20 about those promises? You know what it says? It says, for all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. Listen to the rest of this verse. To the glory of God through us. So when you don't stand on the promises of God, but rather instead shake on the premises of God, and you rob God of claiming His promises, you rob God of glory. What that Bible says, we have 7,487 promises from God. They're all yes in Him, amen, in Him, and they are for His glory. And when we don't learn and understand those promises, we're not only robbing God of letting Him move on our behalf, we're robbing God of His glory. And so if you hadn't figured out the subject... Lord's really been speaking to me on ways that we rob God. And I don't want to rob Him of His glory. And when I don't stand on the promises of God and bring Him glory, what am I doing? Robbing Him of glory. There's a guy by the name of Russell Carter. He knew this. Who is Russell Carter? Well, he's a star athlete. He's a great student in a military academy. He went on to be a teacher, a coach, and then a minister, and later become a doctor. I mean, this man had it going on. But Carter was a profession Christian, the biggest part of his life. But as many of us, if you're listening, say, I am. As many of us, it took a crisis to really draw him closer to God. That crisis was at 30 years of age, he was diagnosed with a very serious heart condition,s where doctors said he didn't have very long at all to live. So during that crisis, what did this long-time professing Christian do? He turned to God for help and for healing. And I want you to listen as he turned to God, as he crawled down on his knees, here's what Russell Carter prayed. He said, God, healing or no healing? See, you can't make a deal with God. Too many people get on their knees and say, God, if you'll heal me, I'll do this. You gotta understand, you're not gonna make no deal with God. He got on his knees after told at 30 years old, you got a heart condition. He got on his knees and he said, healing brother Bob or no healing from this day forward, my life is gonna be consecrated fully to serving you. And his testimony, it was at that time, the Word of God came alive to him. Let me make a statement here. The Bible tells us the Word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So when it says his testimony, it was then the Word of God came alive to him. It wasn't that the Word of God just become living then. It was always living. He just figured out it was alive. So if you're here today and the Word of God not alive to you, it's not that the Word of God is not alive. It's always been living. It's always been powerful. It's always been sharper than any two-edged sword. So if it's not been alive to you, my prayer is today it comes alive to you. And so it comes alive to him, and his testimony is he began to claim the promises of God, and they touched him, and they helped him. And how do we know it? Forty-nine more years of life, he lived. He began to stand on the promises of Almighty God. They're all yes, they're all amen. But when Russell Carter done that, he began to give glory to God. He no longer robbed him, and God began to move on his behalf. And before he ever went through any of this, he was a long-time Christian, Before he ever went anything through this, he wrote some things down. You ready for this? Here's what he wrote. Standing on the promises of God my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, I am standing on the promises of God. In verse 2 he put, I am standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living Word of God, I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. The course would go again, and then he would hit verse for 3. Standing on the promise, I now can see perfect present, cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free, standing on the promises of God. He come to verse 4. Remember, he wrote this before he ever had the heart condition. He wrote, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. And the final verse of that song, he wrote down standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all and all, standing on the promises of God. And all of that was penned before he really stood on the promises of God. In other words, before he had the crisis, he didn't find himself, even though he wrote about it, standing on the promises of God, he found himself shaking on the premises instead of standing on the promises. I think it'd do good for all of us to heed the writer of the Hebrews letter in chapter 10 and verse 23 when he said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Don't be shaken. Don't be trembling. Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For He is faithful who promised. Where are you going, preacher? I'm just saying there's a way too many people that sing that song. And they're singing a lie. They're shaking on the premises. They're just like the writer of that song before he understood the promises of God. I am convinced in our church that there's way more people shaking on the premises in our church services than there are standing on the promises of God. And I am convinced it's simply because we don't understand the promises of God. So if it was a normal time, I would quote a song like i just done, and I would say, I'm going to borrow that title for my message today. And I'd say, I'm going to preach from that title, I'm going to borrow that title, and I'm going to preach a message standing on the promises of God. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to preach a sermon that I've entitled, Understanding the Promises of God. Because until we understand the promises of God, are you with me? We'll never be able to stand on the promises of God. How many promises did I say there was, James? James. I asked James. 7,000 and something. How about 7,487? And if I'm going to touch on all of them, we must get started. I'm going to preach a message entitled, Understanding the Promises of God, and I won't scratch the surface of 7,487. But I think I can help you out just a little bit. And if you're one of those that finds yourself shaking on the premises and you're tired of it and you're ready to stand on the promises, maybe, just maybe, the sermon will help you today. Two things that we need to understand, and I'm going to take off preaching. We need to understand the word all-inclusive inclusive that means everybody's included okay included all inclusive so i got that but then the second word we've got to understand is exclusive only thing i only only way i can give you an example because these i told my wife when i left the house this morning i wish i'd give anything if there was somebody that could better relay preach this message today because this message so touched my heart in studying for it, but I said I just don't know if I can ever relay it. And I wish somebody that could could relay and 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 talk better could preach this sermon today. Because I've tried to tried to really get people to I, I want people to understand all inclusive and exclusive. And, and and when I talk about exclusive, okay, you notice my nice jacket. I went in to this particular store, but after I paid that, after I started paying on that bill, I've excluded myself from that store. I don't know, I no longer shop there. I've excluded myself. That's exclusively for people that's got big bank accounts. So are you getting what the word exclusive means? Some of you are not getting it. I went into a restaurant that I was told was really nice, me and my wife, and I wanted to buy her a great meal. But when I opened up the menu and I saw the prices, I excluded myself and Donna from that restaurant. <laughs> Why that restaurant is exclusively for people that's got big bill, folks. All-inclusive and exclusive. Exclusive is, means... It's exclusively for a group of people. So do you want to stand on the promises of God? Get up on the front six inches of your seat and do your best to understand the promises of God, inclusive ones and exclusive ones, and you might just have a little better shot of standing on the promises of God. You ready? I want to talk to you just a bit about the all inclusive promises of God. You ready? That means when we read these promises in the Word of God, they're all inclusive. They're for everybody. You thought of any of them yet? Come on, you oughta done be there. Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 tells us that He, that's Jesus, makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. It tells us that He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. That is all-inclusive. He's the one that makes the sunshine. He's the one that causes the drought. He's the one that causes the rain. And guess who all's included in the sunrise, in the rains, and in the drought? All inclusive. And you say, well, why are you touching on something like that? Because we might say it jokingly. But when somebody's suffering a drought, both physically, floods physically, or a drought emotionally, or something like that, we're quick to say, well, you ain't living right. If you was living right, you'd be getting the rain. If you was living right, you... So we say it jokingly, but I'm just telling you, when you speak it, you bend to pick up on it. And we think just cause somebody's pasture's lush and green and plenty of rain, man, they must be living right. And then somebody's is eat down to the ground, they ain't got rain. Boy, you must not be living right. Well, I got news for you. If that's your understanding of the promises of God, it's broken. That dog don't hunt because when it comes to the sunrise and the rains and the droughts, let me tell you something. Because of a fallen world, that's an all-inclusive promise so to think you've got a little more rain and a little more grass than somebody and wants to make you think a little like you're kind of holding to the promises of god i'm just going to let you in on something that's an all-inclusive promise help you understand them a little better and then here's another all-inclusive promise you ready for this in this world you will have trouble now, some people think, man, if I just get saved, my trouble's going to end. Well, how many's found that just the opposite? I got saved and it seems like my troubles begin. You know why? Because you're misinterpreting a promise. That promise is all-inclusive. It really don't matter if, if you're a Billy Graham and you're serving the Lord in every capacity of your life, or if you're a pagan, devil-worshipping, demon-worshipping person. Listen, guess what this world's going to give you? Trouble. Why? That's an all-inclusive promise. Doesn't matter whether you say born again, you're included in this world because it's fallen. You're going to have trouble. You ready for another all-inclusive? Does everybody agree that's all-inclusive promises? You ready for this next one? It it bless you socks off. It's all-inclusive. You ready? Hebrews 9:27 says it's appointed for every man wants to die. It really don't matter. I'm talking about physically. Whether you're saved, born again, you get, you got a promise. What's that promise? Barring the return of Jesus, you're gonna die. As Larry Newton and Kenny Jones done this week, every one of us, that's an all-inclusive promise. Barring the return of Jesus, every one of us is gonna die. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That is all-inclusive promises tucked away in those 7,487 promises. So far, I don't like them, preacher. It doesn't matter whether you like them or not. Stand on them. (laughs) Here's where they get good. This is all-inclusive. You ready? For God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever. Don't that sound all-inclusive, Miss Georgia? Believes in Him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look up here. All-inclusive. Ready for another one? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I don't know about you, but that gets me on shouting ground. I'm glad that's an all-inclusive promise from God. And he who receives and believes in the name of the Son of God shall, be called, shall have the right to be called a child of God. Aren't you glad that's all-inclusive? If we'll just believe and we'll receive Him, we got a promise and we have the right to be called what? A child of God. That's all-inclusive promises. Don't matter who you are, Guess what? God made you a promise, and you're included in those promises. Going to rain on the just, the unjust. Sun's going to rise on the evil just like the good. You're going to have troubles in this world. You're going to die. But thank God because of that, my dear friends, He included all of us in. We can call upon the name of the Lord. We can be saved. We can believe and receive and be called a child of God. And He so loved the world, that's all-inclusive, that He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever, that's all-inclusive, believes in Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. I hope that helps you. Okay, when I see a promise of God, I've got to put... uh, What is this? Is this all-inclusive or is this exclusive? And for you to get it to the exclusive promises of God... You with me? All depends on what you do with the all-inclusive promises of God. So we could say any exclusive promise of God... For a believer has a condition. And the condition is, what are you going to do with the all-inclusive all promises of God? Well, if I'm the whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, there's the condition. You called upon Him. Then I can have the exclusive promises as a believer. If I believe in Him and I receive Him because of that all-inclusive promise then I can have the exclusive promises as a child of God. So let's look at the exclusive promises from God as a believer, conditional on what you've done with the all-inclusive promises, right? So if you choose to be uh, uh, Romans 10.13 call upon the name of the Lord, if you choose to be a John 3, 16 person, if you choose to receive and believe and be called a child of God, you become part of a, an exclusive people that have the promises from God. You ready for some of those exclusive promises for God's people? How about Romans 8, 28? We use it often. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose, to whom He foreknow, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. If you're here today and you're lost and you're a heathen, not everything that comes down your pike works for your good. You're not included in that. That promise is exclusively, catch the verse, for those who love God are called to God according to His purpose. So if you're lost, or you're a person saying to this lost person, well, all things work together for the good. You just put them on a promise that they're, they're not included in. But if you're a child of God, you ought to be encouraged today. You know why? Because you have an exclusive promise that's made to the born-again child of God. And no matter how tough your situation is, God just promised you something. It's going to work out for the good. Because you're going to be more like Jesus when you get to the other side of it. See, but that promise is not for That's exclusively for the believer. And I like this one. If we uh, are whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, I love what Romans 8 goes on down there and gives us another promise. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. I love that He gave me a promise when I said an everlasting yes to Him. I'll never leave nor forsake you. Listen, that's not for the unbeliever. I mean, you say to an unbeliever, you're trying to get him to stand on the promises of God, but he's never trusted God, and you say, well, God said he'd never leave and forsake you. Well, you ain't never met him. That promise is not for you. That is exclusively to the born again children of God. You got that? And listen to this one, if this won't bless your socks off, you ready for a promise? I mean, if you get saved, born again, and and, and listen, I believe you ought to jump in there, and I believe you ought to get baptized, I think you ought to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, but if you are saved and born again, and you hadn't done much with it, it doesn't change the fact that all things work together for you. It doesn't change the fact, my dear friends, that He'll never leave nor forsake you. It doesn't change the fact. Are you ready for another exclusive promise for those that's born again? don't really matter how you're serving or what you're doing. This promise, when you said, I do, to Jesus, you are in an exclusive group. You ready for the promise? Come straight off Jesus' lips. I will come again, and where I am, you there will also be. I'll receive you to myself. Man, I don't encourage you. To take part of the all-inclusive promises so you can exclusively have that promise of Jesus saying, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you will also be. You with me? Those are good. But let's move on to those exclusive promises of blessing. they got a condition. See, there's a lot of people saved. And man, Romans eight twenty-eight. you can kind of clap them. Yeah, that's good. It's tough, but that's good. He'll never leave me, forsake me, and that's good. Man, I tell you what, I get fired up that I'm exclusively made a promise to that Jesus will come again. But do you want the blessings? Do you want heaven on earth? Huh? He tells us there's some promises that have a condition of me blessing you. I'm trying to get you on the promises of God. You're looking at me like a cow out of Newgate. I mean, the Book of James makes it real clear. Not everybody's going to get to 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 be exclusively in this promise, because if you just hear the word and not a doer of the word, you're deceiving yourself. You're like a man that looks in the mirror and immediately forgets what kind of man he was and goes on. But he who is a doer of the work looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is the Scripture. Are you ready? This one will be blessed. He makes a promise to those who look into the Word, obey the Word, don't forget to serve the Lord, and He said, I've got a promise for you exclusively for those who are obedient, exclusively for those who are in His Word, exclusively for those that know what kind of man they are, exclusively for those that, that, that are not forgetful hearers but doers of the work, this one will be blessed. You want that promise? It's all conditional on what you do when you look into the perfect law of liberty. So you're trying to stand on the promise of God. It's got a condition. You guys are looking at me like I'm preaching it. Is 2 Chronicles 7.14 conditional? God says, hey, there will come a time I'll shut the heavens. It won't rain. There will be a famine. But if, here's this exclusive bunch, and you're in it and I am too, if my people... When I said yes to Jesus, I I become a part of that promise that's exclusively for God's children, didn't I? That ain't for the lost. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, there's the conditions, you want my promise? You want my blessing? Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. We're trying to stand on the promises of God, but we forget there's conditions. Even though they're exclusively made to us, born again children of God, you've got to be more than saved to get the blessings. You've got to be obedient. You've got to you've got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So when we want the blessings of God, and some of you say, man, I'm in His Word, I'm in church, you won't be here tonight, but listen. Then you wonder why you're having a hard time with the promises of God. Because you excluded yourself from them. But some of you think, man, I, I am blessed. Because I'm a James 125 guy. Man, I, I, if everybody's like me, America, they would come back because I humbly pray and I humbly seek God's face. And, well, if you've got that attitude, you've already lied to yourself. But I've got one for you because I think we all read some of these promises and wonder what in the world's happening. You ready for it? This is a exclusive promise to some people that will meet the condition of this promise. You ready for it? I don't care how holy you think you are this morning, get a hold of this one. You ready for it? It's a promise. It's part of that 7,487, but it's got some conditions. Are you ready for it? If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move here to there and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. How many of you is living there? How many of you have got a mountain in your way? Well, this is one of those promises. Exclusively for who? The believers. You're sitting there saying, well, I want to stand on that promise. Well, you've got to meet some conditions. You ready for the rest of the verse? Anybody got a mountain? If you have the faith as a mustard seed, then surely we think, well, I've surely got that much faith. Anybody been there? That mountain won't move. And you think, I know my face is as big as a mustard seed. may not be much bigger. And i tell you what, I've said to that mountain over and over, move from there to here, and it hadn't moved. But then I read in there the promises of God, nothing will be impossible for you. Ready for the rest of the verse? Ready for the rest of the verse? Know why you're not getting the mountain moved? But this kind does not. Now, that's a promise. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You're sitting there saying God's not a promise keeper. God's a promise keeper. The problem is you're not faithful to pray fervently. And when's the last time you fasted that you might see a mountain moved? I'm just telling you, we quit shaking on the premises. And we could start standing on the promises if we would understand the exclusive promises come with conditions. And it's not that God is not faithful. It's that we're not faithful to meet the conditions for these promises that have been exclusively made for us as children of God. Now, you see why I told Don, I wish somebody could relay this better than me. This is some good stuff. We just got to understand the promises of God. And so, here's what I'm telling you. There's these all-inclusive promises to everybody. And when we decide to take part of those all-inclusive promises, such as calling upon the Lord and giving our lives to Jesus, then we become a part of a people that God made promises exclusively to. You with me? But listen, it's not just the promise of heaven. It's the promise of blessings before we go to heaven. You with me? But there's conditions on them. But just like there's promises exclusively for God's people for blessings, are you ready for this? There's exclusive promises just for God's people when it comes to bustings. Did you hear me? There's promises exclusively... To us as believers, not just for blessings, but for bustings. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Once you become a child of God, what father is there who don't chasten his son? God says, when you become my child, i got another promise for you. You get out of line, you become disobedient. I'll bless you when you're obedient, but let me give you another promise. It's in the 7,487. When you get out of the will of God, I'm going to bust your tail. I'm going to chasten you. And I believe there's a lot of people in our churches. And how does God chasten? Man, He can do it through our family being a mess. He can do it through our finances. He can do it so many ways. He will get your attention. And when you're not in the will of God, guess what? You've got a promise. For whom the Lord loves, He'll chasten. Because let me tell you what love does, daddies, mamas. Love disciplines your kids. When you don't discipline them, you're showing you don't love them. You know what? That's what that means. I've seen this on Facebook. What's the old saying? If you don't cry, I'll get you this. That's the generation we live in today. If you'll just come in here, you're as a parent, you're a young parent, and you're scared to death, your kid's gonna cry in the store. So you just look at him and say, Now if we go in here and you don't cry, I'll get you a toy and you're just scared to death, they're gonna embarrass you by screaming and crying in that store. So you make them that deal, right? Younger generation does. Let me tell you. When I was a kid, we pull up store. I don't want to go in there, shut up or I'll give you something to cry about. It wasn't, I'll give you something if you don't cry. Are you with me? Let me tell you what God falls under. I'm going to discipline you. You're down there whining and not obedient. I'll give you something to cry about. That's why many of us have to go through some tough stuff to get in the will of God. You know why? Because He promised something. When you become a child of God... I'm going to chasten you. I'll get you where you need to be. And if you're here today and you're not receiving chastening, I'd have to go back to that first set of promises that's all-inclusive, and I'd have to make sure I've included myself on Romans ten thirteen. Because if you're living your life outside the will of God and you ain't experiencing the chastening hand of God, the Bible just promised you something. You're not His. Huh? Kenny Evans said it to our men's group. If you can live in sin and get away with it, you're not saved. Folks. God disciplines people. It's a promise. it ain't a suggestion and And did anybody ever get this like I've said this before. It's hard to believe that I was a little bit hungryy as a kid that I would misbehave but but have- has anybody else experienced this? You're off somewhere? and and you're misbehaving and you think, man, I can get away with it. My dad, he ain't going to jerk me up and beat the soup out of me in front of all these people and you think you can get away with it. But all of a sudden, he gets over there and he just gets your earlobe and he just sucks it up there and he reaches down and he says, when we get home, I'm going to tear your butt off. And before you're ever saved, you begin to pray fervently. God of heaven, if you're up there, if you could just give my dad just a little bit of Alzheimer's. That he might would forget. That he might would just forget before we got home what he promised me. Huh? Anybody ever been there? I mean, he promised you your butt's going to get tore off when you get home. And you're fervently praying that his memory slips in a huge way. You're not even saved, but you're praying God let him forget. God let him forget. And then, maybe your dad never forgot, but man... If he did, you lay down at bed, and because you had that prayer, you had a praise service. You're in bed, and he's forgot it, and you're praising. Thank God he don't have a good memory. Thank God he forgot that. Huh? Am I talking to somebody this morning that's lived that life? Listen to me. God made a promise. When you're out of the will of God, I will chase you. You can pray all you want. He ain't going to forget it. And He's promised when you're out of His will and you're disobedient, He's going to chasten you. I'm just trying to help you guys understand the promises of God. Some of them are all inclusive. And when you call upon the Lord, then you get the exclusive promises of God. They're only for you as a believer. You have heaven. You can have blessings if you'll just line up for the promises. And you will have bustings if you don't line up. I just hope I'm helping somebody today understand the promises of God. Quit shaking on the premises and start standing on the promises. But if you're here today and you're lost, look at me and listen to me. If you choose not to take part in the all-inclusive, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, if you choose not to receive and believe who Jesus is and what He done and have the right to be called a child of God, all of a sudden you have an exclusive set of promises for you as a non-believer. you with me? You ready for it? It's, I'm just going to give you the one sure enough bad one. Anybody's name not found written in the Lamb's book of life, here's the promise, will be cast into the lake of fire. When you choose not to be a partaker of an all-inclusive promise such as Romans ten thirteen, calling upon the Lord to be saved, you become part of a group of people that's got an exclusive promise of being cast into the lake of fire. I don't know about you, but that gives me a whole new outlook on the promises made from God. That ought to help us all better understand the promises of God. Some are all-inclusive. And depending on what you do with the all-inclusive promises will determine where you fall on the exclusive promises of God. You with me? Because he's got exclusive promises for his believers. Exclusive promises for the non-believers. And anybody's name not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, it's a promise you will be cast into the lake of fire. So I want you to listen to these verses And tell me they don't sum up what I just shared with you. You ready? Revelation 21, verses 6 through 8. I don't know if I'm still on or not. Then who sat on the throne said, That's Jesus, Behold, I make all things new. And then John the Revelator said, Then he said to me, Now I want you to listen to these words. Here's what Jesus said to John the Revelator. Write, for these words are true and faithful. You want me to, know other words, it for you, church? Hey, John, write these words. They're a promise. They're true and they're faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. The beginning and the end. He's fixing to give us the two groups. All dependent upon what you've done with the all-inclusive promises. Because what you've done with them depends which group you're in here. You Ready? To the believer, he's got an exclusive promise, exclusively for you. You ready for it, believer? These words are true and faithful. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I'm glad I'm in that bunch. That's an exclusive promise to believers. These words are true. They're faithful. Here's a promise. But I've got a promise exclusively for another bunch. The non-believers. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers. You say, my name ain't been called there. Sexual immoral. Sorcerers, idolatry. Idolatry, anything that's put before God. And all liars shall have their part in the lake with burns, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I've preached on the promises of God. Some are all-inclusive. But depending on what you do with the all-inclusive promises depends which category you fall under when it comes to the exclusive promises of God. And I don't think there's a better scripture than given right there of his promise to the believers and his promise to the non-believers. Go ahead and write, John. These words are true and faithful. i got a promise. Jot it down. Boy, I tell you what, if I was here and I was lost today, and I thought about them all-inclusive promises that God gave us, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I think about that all-inclusive promise tucked away in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, all-inclusive, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever all-inclusive believes in him should not perish. He that believes in him, that's Jesus, and receives him, that's Jesus, shall have the right to be called the children of God. If you've never done that, you ought to be shaken on the premises. But i got good news. You don't have to remain shaking on the premise. You can come today and stand on the promise, and you can be a part of that exclusive bunch of promises that God makes to believers. Amen? If you're lost today, come and get saved. But if you're saved today, man, that sermon seems real evangelistic to the believers here today, don't it? But if that's all it seemed to you today, you missed it. Because I don't think any of us Or standing as firm as we could be on the promises of God. How many mountains you moved lately? Huh? Have you met the condition to say to that mountain, move from here to there? How much prayer and fasting have you been doing? I hope today does this for everybody within the sound of my voice. I hope it gets you to stand correctly on the promises of God. When you see a promise, you look at it. Is this inclusive is this exclusive is this conditional come on i just think we'd do a lot better job standing on the promises if we understood them just a little better let's all stand our heads are bowed our eyes are closed